Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 226 and session number 67 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. And all you have to do to ask a question is head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and you can record a voicemail right there. All you have to do is just put your first name in. I would prefer if you leave your first name. Some of you haven't, but it's okay. But uh, please do that. I want to know who I'm speaking to. And then also just leave a brief question. And that's what we're going to do today. You guys all know that this is a highlight to my week. And uh, yeah, I get pretty pretty fired up to uh, to actually answer questions from you, the listener. Now, this is kind of strange doing this episode, I got to be honest, because I'm just a few days from the move uh, all the way from New York to South Carolina, but you're listening to this, you should be listening to this, around July 8th, okay? So I'm, I'm recording this a little bit early, so this way here, I have enough time in between the move, so it's a little weird because when you listen to this, I will be in South Carolina, and uh, it's kind of strange to, uh, to see my Myself there right now because it's quite a move and uh, we've been kind of crazy getting ready for this thing. So I want to also just say everyone that's uh, either emailed me or reached out on Twitter or Periscope or wherever and have, have uh, you know wished us good luck wishes, I, I just want to say thank you. It means a lot. It is a pretty scary time and I guess to also bring that back to uh, I guess to to highlight it is, uh, you know, we do things in life that are a little scary. And I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again because this move is, is kind of like that, right? It's a little scary. You're a little unsure. But guess what? You know, I think, and every time I've ever done something that I'm a little nervous about, it's always usually paid off or I've learned a ton through that process. So I'm excited, a uh, little nervous, but excited. So just understand when you're, when you're doing something a little, little new, maybe it's starting this business or any other business, or maybe just, maybe you want to go skydiving. I don't know. You're going to be a little scared, right? And it's okay. Uh, it's, it's human nature. All right. So, uh, I want to remind you guys of the transcripts and the show notes. Every episode now has them. So you can go over and check them out. This episode is 226, so you can find them by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 226, and you'll find all the show notes and the transcripts there, uh, right there at that link, all right? And again, just to remind you guys, you know, all you have to do to ask a question is head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and record your message. So guys, what do you say? I'm fired up. I'm ready to dive into today's question, so I hope you are. So let's go ahead and get to it. What do you say? Let's listen to the first question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. It's Brian. Amy's ING, amazing podcast. And I've just been masticating through all of these episodes. And I have just about six or seven left to go. So keep them coming. And I do have a question that I think that hasn't been addressed yet. I remember how you mentioned that if you launch your second product, then your first product will nearly double in sales because every new product launch will help the products before it. What if the second product has a lot of competition? Is it still a good product to launch or only launch products that have low competition, meet Greg Mercer's criteria, and where there's some wiggle room to get a lot of sales? Thanks a lot and look forward to your answer. Hey, Brian, thanks so much for the question, and it's a good question. Now, I don't want people to think that if you launch one product and then you immediately uh, you know, launch another product that you're going to start getting more sales. That's, that's not really what I mean. Here's what I mean. Some people will launch a product in, let's say, the garden niche, okay, or niche, depending on where you come from, okay? And let's say that you, you launch that product. Let's say it's a, a garden shovel, right? 
And then the 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 next product could be like a little mini garden rake or maybe a holster for the shovel or a little bag for the bucket or whatever, right? There's all of these other products that go hand in hand with these other uh, or, you know, with that product line. So if you launch a shovel and then you all of a sudden pivot and now you launch a garlic press, well, that's not really going to help the sales. So what I meant by that and what I mean by that, and, and I still stand by that, is when you're creating a brand on Amazon, off Amazon, it doesn't really matter. When you have more products for your customer to purchase, it's pretty much going to happen naturally that your your average sale is going to increase. All right, now Amazon does a really good job of this because what they do is they show frequently bought together, suggested, all of that stuff, right? You can also, you know, advertise, you know, on your uh, keywords that then are also going to kind of piggyback off of each other. You can run promotions inside of your own listing. So this way here, you can run a special to your other listing um, inside of the one and, and back and forth uh, through through those different products. So that's what I meant by if you launch one product and then after you launch product two, your sales could increase. Um, they could double. Doesn't mean they're going to. They, they definitely should spike because now you're giving that one customer customer more things to buy right so it's kind of like I kind of go back to the fisherman right if you're a fisherman well you need a tackle box you need the gear that goes inside the tackle box you might need some boots some wading boots um, you might need some hooks you might need uh, maybe a, a hat maybe uh, maybe you need I don't know certain thing or wrench or not a wrench a pair of pliers to take off the hooks whatever it is right there's different things that are are uh, positioned to uh, go towards that particular customer and that's what I I I really do talk a lot about and I'm going to be talking about it even more is really not going after the product but going after the market all right because if we can go after the market then we, we're able to figure out what that market wants and then we can give it to them, right? So again, if we're going into the gardening space, well, someone needs the shovel. They also need the little mini rake. They also need the bucket that the bag slips over, that little five-gallon bucket with the little compartments in it. And then they might need the little pad so they kneel down so they're doing the gardening. And then from there, they might need... Uh, Oh, I don't know, those little clippers that they can clip off the, you know, or kind of prune the shrubs, you know, so all of these different things can go in that bucket. So it's almost like you're filling out that bucket with all of those other tools that they are going to have to buy um, when they're doing it. And if someone is buying one tool, they're probably going to want to buy the other tool. So that's just an example of how you can build a product line. And that will usually increase your sales especially if you market it properly. Um, and again, I think that you should always have those promotions being cross-promoted inside of each other. Now, this would work really, really well if you have an external sales funnel. And we'll get into that a little bit you know, later at another time. But really, think about this. Someone buys your shovel on your e-commerce site, and then you can control the next part of that sales funnel, meaning that the next thing would be like, hey, before you go, we've got a special on the garden rake. And then before they go, oh, we've got a special on the, the uh, you know, the pocket that goes over top of the bucket that holds the tools, right? So you can lead them through that buyer um, sales funnel. And same thing, kind of like if you've ever been on GoDaddy.com and you bought a domain name, they do it very well. Um, Vistaprint is another one. Um, they're giving you relevant products um, kind of geared towards the one that you just bought. So it's a, it's a natural progression. Amazon does that, but they control it. 
okay? But it's still uh, going to help your sales. So hopefully that's helped you. I can go on and on about that stuff because I think it's really important. But again, let's think about the market. What are the problems or the things that the market needs and wants? And then serve up those things to the market. All right, let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, uh, my name's Simon. I live in Amsterdam. I hear a lot of people say uh, they ship the products to their own home. Look, all of the people that I hear uh, from the US, for me to ship all the products from China to Amsterdam and then over to FBA in the US seems like a big waste of time and money. Um, could you expand, please, on um, how people get around this or uh, what the alternatives are to that? That would be great. Thank you very much. Hey, Simon, thanks so much for the question all the way from Amsterdam. Thank you for uh, for that long-distance question. That's awesome. Hey, uh, yeah, here's the deal, right? When we talk about getting stuff shipped to our own location, it really does mean in that same country, um, that's going to make most sense. I would not say for you to uh, order something, have it shipped to Amsterdam, and then ship it back into Amazon um, FBA in the States. Um, that just wouldn't make sense. So the workaround to that is you would have to have a third-party inspection company. Um, the one that I recommend that I've heard really good things about, all my students are really using this one company. It's Top Win inspections.com. Again, if you guys want the uh, resources or even the show notes, um, you can find that all on this this episode. I'll put the links and the uh, you know the different resources on this particular episode, which is 226, or you can head over to the resources page and you can find that, um, that link over there, theamazingseller.com forward slash resources. Um, but yeah, you're going to want to do that. And what they'll do is they'll act as your inspector and they do a really good job. So this way here, you might pay a couple hundred bucks for them to do it on your entire order, but then they're going to give you a report. They're going to give you pictures. They're going to let you know if there's any problems before you ship it in because that's that's what we really want here. That's what we're doing. That's what I'm doing when I ship stuff here to my home office is I want to be able to inspect it uh, to a certain degree. Now, I'm moving in the direction where I'm going to start shipping stuff direct, but it took me a little while to trust the process because, again, once you ship stuff into Amazon, you don't know if anything is wrong with it until you start getting complaints from customers, and that's scary to me. Um, so you have to have a little trust in your supplier, but once you do an inspection, um, I believe that from there you'll be able to get that trust. And and also, little side note is when you tell your manufacturer that you're going to have it inspected, they will probably do a better job of QCing it, you know, quality controlling it. So um, that's what I would recommend. I've got a bunch of people right now that either listen to the podcast or that are in my uh, in my class that actually use an inspection company and they swear by it. So um, that's what I would recommend for you, Simon. All right, so good luck to you, and uh, yeah, keep me posted on your progress. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to another question, and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. This is Marguerite, and I'm in New Jersey. Glad to hear another person from the metropolitan area. My question, I started pay-per-click, and I've run out of budget in the first two days. What I'm wondering is, am I causing myself to run out of budget because I'm obsessively clicking on my listing and using search terms to try to locate my listing? Thanks for your help. 
Well, hey there, Marguerite. Thank you so much for the question from New Jersey. And yes, I am kind of in your area, but guess what? When you're listening to this, I will not be in your area. I will be in South Carolina. So uh, just want to say that I am going to be uh, living in the Carolinas, which I'm very excited about. But uh, yeah, New York has uh, treated me well over the years. A little too much snow for me, and that's why I'm leaving. Taxes are a little higher, but uh, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. But uh, yeah, I've been to New Jersey, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a nice area. So, okay, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this pay-per-click thing. Number one, if you're going out of budget, uh, you know, in a couple of days, uh, you know, or each day you're going out of budget, that means that you have quite a bit of traffic. So, my first thing would be is to look at those keywords and make sure that they're not too generic, meaning that they're not just like one word that's just getting a ton of traffic because it's not specific enough. I would rather be more specific and get less impressions and less clicks as long as they converted better. All right. Now, running out of budget, that that's great as long as you're getting those clicks and as long as they're they're turning into sales. Not all of them, but you know the ACOS, the average cost of sale. As long as that is in line uh, with with how you're running. If you need any help on pay per click, we have done some episodes in the past. I have a quick start little little guide that I created. You can find that at theamazingseller.com forward slash ppc. And uh, the other one is uh, episode one nineteen. That's theamazingseller.com forward slash one nineteen. I did that with Chris Schaefer. That one there, we talked a little bit deeper about the new features and stuff and kind of like how to get yourself set up and and start looking at the data. Um, But going over and uh, talking about now the uh, you clicking on the, uh, you know, the ads, I don't believe, and I could be wrong, I don't believe that you're going to be able to click on your ads multiple times um, going from the same IP address. Uh, I believe Amazon will kind of see that because then also what could happen is you could have a competitor that just kept clicking on your ad over and over and over again and then just driving up the price you got a budget. Um, I don't believe that Amazon would allow that to happen from the same IP address. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, But you may want to even contact seller support on that and see what they say. But I don't think you have anything to worry about with that personally. Um, But I would say I would not start clicking on my own ads. Um, If you're going to search for your product, I think that's fine. But I wouldn't like search your product and then just keep clicking on your product in in the organic or the paid search. Um, I would just go directly from inside your your back end of your seller's account. Um, So hopefully this has helped you. Thanks so much for the question. And go check out that pay-per-click resource that I gave you, either episode 119 or the other one the short link for that is the amazing seller.com forward slash ppc all right guys i have one more person that i want to share with you that didn't share a question or ask a question but more or less shared a tip so i'm going to let him play or i'm going to let this message play and then i'm going to i'm going to comment on it okay so let's go ahead and listen to this this pretty cool little tip hey scott dennis here from northern kentucky I just wanted to give you a tip, not uh, really ask a question, but oftentimes you tell people to go visit camelcamelcamel.com to look at sales history and price and things like that when they're researching products. And that's an extra step that's not necessarily um, a necessary step. So this tip could save some people trouble or some time and uh, save them that trouble of having to leave the website. Camel, Camel, Camel has a Google, a Google Chrome extension, just like Jungle Scout does. 
If you install that, when you're looking at any Amazon page, it will show down at the bottom the camel, camel, camel graph already on that listing page. So you don't have to leave Amazon to go look at that data that you're searching for. So that's my tip. Camel, camel, camel extension for Google Chrome. Enjoy and press on. Hey, Dennis, thanks so much for the quick little tip here. And that is a pretty cool little tip. For anybody that doesn't know what camelcamelcamel.com is, it's a website that allows you to take a link or uh, an ASIN and and uh, plug it in to their software. It's free. You go on there and it'll give you some data. It'll give you some history. It'll give you some sales um, data, how, you know, like how their price has fluctuated, how long they've been selling. It'll give you all graphs and all these kind of cool things. It'll also give you the BSR over time. Uh, so it's a really cool little tool. But uh, what uh, what Dennis is saying here is that you know instead of going over to camelcamelcamel.com and then plugging it in, there's an extension inside of Google Chrome that I wasn't aware of that you can use. So yes, that is something that I'll definitely be looking into as well. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, but uh, I know that Jungle Scout also has one built in. I don't believe it's for Camel Camel Camel. It's for another similar software. But uh, Google Trends, they also have built into Jungle Scout. So that's another cool little thing. And again, I would recommend anyone that is uh, that that's exploring products to definitely go check out camelcamelcamel.com because that right there is going to give you some history because a lot of times we'll look at Jungle Scout, we'll look at the surface and the numbers look really cool. They look good, right? But then when we dig into the history of it, they might have just launched their product. Okay, and I've talked about this before, but I need to talk about it again because it's really, really important that you understand that. I actually did an episode, episode 189, that talks about depth and demand and using camelcamelcamel.com and using Google Trends to really see about seasonality and then also just see if the numbers that you're seeing in Jungle Scout as far as like they look good, but are they just good because they just ran a promotion? Because we can get fooled by it, by those numbers. So I always kind of go through that process that I share in episode 189 where I take you know, I, I take the, uh, the data from jungle scout and I, I go, okay, this looks good. And then I, I will run it through kind of like my validation test to see if, you know, the product was just launched, if they just ran a promotion or, you know, maybe they're doing some cut, you know, some other type of promotion. You can kind of tell because they just launched the product, right? So if, the, if they're selling, I'll give you an example. If they're selling, uh, let's say 800 a month, right? But, uh, you know, you look at the history and they just started selling like two weeks ago or um, not, maybe not even, maybe, maybe it was, or maybe it was a little bit longer. Maybe it was a month ago. Even at that, that would raise a red flag for me because they probably did a pretty big push in product to do a promotion. So I'd want to look at that stuff. I, I need to see at least three, four months of someone actively selling and then seeing that they went through a promotion phase and then the sales kind of leveled out and then that's where I'm going to look and want to pay attention to is where the sales leveled out. Really, really important though that you run it through that. So great tip, Dennis. Thank you so much for that. So I'm going to definitely check that out. I guess it only works in Chrome, but that's okay. Uh, Jungle Scout works in Chrome as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, just just use Google Chrome. I, I love that browser. Um, so guys, that's it. That's pretty much going to wrap it up. I did want to remind you a couple of different things. One is if you have a question, you want me to answer it on an upcoming show, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can ask a question there. Just leave your first name and a, and a brief question. Um, also, go over and connect on the Facebook page. Uh, we have a TAS Facebook community, which the time that I'm recording this, we're just under 30,000, but I'm 
probably going to guess that if you're listening to this right now, we're probably up over the 30,000 mark because there's like a lot of people coming in every single day. So a great resource, a lot of great people in there, a lot of people sharing, like-minded people. Go check it out, theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy, and you can go over there and get all of the, uh, you know, all of the conversations you can kind of listen and see and ask questions and all that good stuff, all right? So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. I want to remind you guys that I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Come on, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Have a good one, y'all.